Hi. I see you. Okay. This okay. There's yeah. gotta be a way to prop this phone up. I'm surprised you don't have one of those iPhone holders that uh you know influencers uses since you're a performer. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm supposed to have I feel have like everyone in Los Angeles secretly has one. Oh, probably, probably, you know. I I I never even won. Oh, what are you, are you talking about? What if I had one of those lights? One of those. What are those called? That girls use for makeup. The 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 ring lights. The circles. The ring lights. Yeah, I should have bought one. Yeah, the ring lights know, are. are it's it's interesting that the ring lights they kind of look like gigantic halos. Yeah, there's something very angelic about a ring light. It it really is. I also think that even though <laughs> like influencers uses it and like all these creatives use it yeah even different genres use it like yeah like even like goths use it you know it's a universal it's tool it's interesting because it's almost like it's almost like characteristic of of what video is now like or like you know those tiktok videos where people are like did i just write the emo anthem of the blah 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 and it's this horrible song there's always a ring light going. but there's a ring light yeah you're like you gotta look good you gotta look good we're enjoying this horrible song together but what we have in common is this ring light oh don't even get me dude the lot of what's more important is how they look that's what's most important it's not even about the music anymore yeah. right it should be about both you know what i mean like cool. there's you're supposed to i love how we just dove in this is good look at the chemistry going i mean that's how we that's how we do it over on the show yeah i mean yeah no the, the, when it comes to like music now it, it's it is more like style over substance a lot of the time most of the time and i don't know that i can't even say now it's like that i just know that like or like it never was that before i'm not gonna say that but like right now absolutely you know like a, a good video is talked about more than a good song i think but good is so subjective that it doesn't even matter you know what it, I mean? It's very subjective. For a minute, one of my friends back in Philadelphia, Tina from ShareMag. Oh, great band. Great band. But they started off social media less. They didn't start mm. with a social media presence at all. Yeah. It was all word of mouth. You'd hear their songs in coffee shops all across of America and the world over. But then after they got signed, that's when they took the plunge into social media yeah that's and like I, a thing i'm jealous of you know a lot of those bands there was a band in la called wand and they were amazing band like mind-blowing band and, and it was a this really lovely thing they didn't have an instagram or anything they didn't have any social media and you just would hear about this band and that was like i, I it, you would hear about it and there's something mad magical about that because I, I would imagine what they sounded like so i'm like okay and i got a chance to see them at uh, permanent records in la and it was exactly what i wanted them to sound like you know what i mean yeah it was, um, and it then they got an instagram like three years later or something and it's like i wanted to try to do that when i first started playing music solo but, but are you that it good? wasn't happening i mean the, what was that are you that good no <laughs> i tried i tried to i tried to do that i i because i was in a bunch of bands before i was in a, a few bands and i gained these um you know what is it like connections to, to venues so i could play at certain places and right just by texting you know and um or going and just asking but you know not having a social media presence was detrimental to people coming to the shows you know like no one knows it's happening almost because people i mean i don't think people live in the real world of of going out anymore like in terms of like if it's not on instagram it might as well not have happened or if it's not on tiktok oh, that's very reason. unfortunate yeah that's which shows you have to promote like that you know? no i i i remember with house shows it was a big deal to have an event page on facebook yeah and then after that after you went to the show you would upload the photos to the page yeah. and it was just like a good memory which yeah, was yeah. like 
the fun days of social media. Instagram For now, sure. it's more just like kind of all the negative like aspects of like social media yeah. we're going through right now. I mean, it's and negative in a way where it's not like bad, but like more like FOMO and it's just like jealousy yeah. and just like, oh, you weren't there. Like, yeah, like the Celine thing. Oh my god, don't get me started about the Celine thing. <laughs> the Celine thing was so hilarious. Uh that was great. It was so great. Like, did you did you pull up? Were you there? Well, I'm I'm kind of bitter about it because I so I have an interesting story about that. I was not, but I I my thing I, I played a show at the smell here in LA. Wait, uh, before before we start this story, yeah, we yeah. gotta let we gotta let all of our li- listeners know about the Celine show. Yeah, the, yeah. The, if you the, don't the know Celine, what it is. Yeah, if you don't know what it is, the Celine show was for the new season, but they had the strokes, Iggy Pop. Yeah. Like legends and yeah. and and DJs and everyone pulled up, but small and it was like celebrities and you know micro celebs and like just the ground floor. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of a big deal. I didn't, but no one knew what it was ahead of time. Like they knew right. it was a Celine event, but when you got there, it was like, oh, Iggy pops here. Yeah, in the forum, and like the Strokes are playing, and um, who else was it? Was it um, was Interpol? And, Interpol. And they're, yeah, they're great. It's just like, you know, I'm not much of a Strokes guy. I, I like them, but I'm. You know, Interpol's cooler to me, you know, and Iggy Pop is one of my idols, you know. So of course. Was, so I, I saw that that was happening. My roommate got invited to it and I, I did it. I did not. But here's the thing about it. Um, I played a, a show at The Smell earlier last year in January. It was on David Bowie's birthday and I played a cover. Peace. Yeah, rest in peace, man. I played a, a cover of his and at the show was uh, Eddie Slimane. Eddie Slimane was there and saw me play i didn't even know he was there until after and introduced himself and said i came to see you i was like whoa that's weird why you know and then um turns out he had done a shoot with my roommate the day of and was like i came i heard so much about you i wanted to come see you and it was great and said that he really loves i did moon age daydream which is my favorite song of all time you know and eddie was like oh you did such a great job you know and that was that meant a lot to me because it's he was friends with Bowie and shit, you know. I mean, it was kind of a big deal. So I was like, Eddie oh, you know, so a I god am. also. I know. He's a legend. I mean, He's one of my, of my idols, like, low-key. For sure. Like, uh, the stuff that he's done is, like, so ingrained in rock and roll and so ingrained in culture relating to that that it's, like, even okay. if you don't know who he is, you, he it wouldn't be the way it is without him. So Very iconic and still plays with the black and white outfit yeah look and we 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 forget that black and white photography is still amazing oh yeah it's way better than color he's the best at it right yeah yeah for sure i just think that we're so attached to color that we forget about black and white you know like i I was watching and white all the time and every day you should that's that's pretty hot so wait going back Going back to the story, the at the sh- at the show, that's all he, you guys talked about. Yeah, just my my music, and then Bowie really quick, and then I left. And I remember because I, you know, after I play, I'm just like, okay, that everyone get away from me. And I went home, and then I was like, I was fucking Eddie Slimane, like that's crazy, you know. And then I was like, then the thing that happened, people were getting invited. I'm, I was expecting one, and I just didn't. I was so bummed, man. I was like. Why didn't I? Because people in my direct, like immediate circle all got invited to this thing. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? I was so bummed, but it's okay. Like stuff like that. Because then back to what we were talking about before, it's like this thing of like um, the circus surrounding it is funny to watch from outside anyway. Because it's like everybody who was invited, that's great that they were invited and they're all really talented people. But to see... Why do you want to go to that? I wanted to see Iggy Pop play. But why would you, why do I feel like slighted? Well, the only reason is because I want to feel special or whatever, you know, or acknowledged. I can't, I love that you brought this up because 
the show is one thing, but the brand's like a different thing. Selena is like one of my favorite brands right now, but I don't own a single piece because it's like untouchable. It's like it's it's too pricey. Like yeah, I could yeah. I could, but like I'm just not at that point right now that I want to. But other certain brands I can. But right yeah. now, Eddie Samane is like creative director of, or one of the creatives in Samane is that he he's making this look so good. Mm-hmm. And that's why I buy a bunch of YSL pieces from his era still, which is like affordable. But YSL right now is just like not looking too hot the way no. that he used to make it. And so no. that's why... It's like, that's another thing. Like, if I were to get invited, I'd be like, this is great because I'm going to this era where it's like, also to get a black and white photo. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. That'd be crazy, huh? That'd be crazy. Yeah. Um, I just met the Dare at a show at a mm, cool. this band called Pretty Sick, played mm-hmm. at, at Baby's All Right. And this was pre-Celine show, but he was like one of the DJs at, at this celine show that's awesome and and he got his photo taken he's like one of you know the outfits for Hedy's like whole look but yeah. now this like new era is this new era is i i can totally see you being a part of it oh thank you i i, I like i was saying like that whole i mean like those those photos and first of all those photos i think i was like 16 15 and i saw all that stuff and i was like oh i want a leather jacket i think right you know like stuff like that just small things like that i was like i think i should buy a leather jacket or um you know grow my hair out and stuff like that i mean but that's the 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 thing about that is like that's probably how kids in the 70s felt when they saw like led zeppelin or something or when they saw like the beatles or or black sabbath they were probably like oh i want to dress like that and that's why i think eddie's the whole influence is so huge and it's for me i mean i don't know that and to you you were just saying you know and like the there's a lot of aspects to what he did and does still that influential and very rock and roll which i think is a whole other story because you know there are rock bands out right now but the fact of the matter is is kids don't love rock and roll like they used to you know they just don't and i don't you know and your whole persona right now is rock and roll absolutely i love it it's my favorite i mean that's like it's the one thing in my life that's that's ever that's that it, like there's so many records in 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 rock music that are unsung and that are amazing and there's so many that are that are the people sing their praises all the time and there's a reason for it you know what i mean um but i do think at that on that same level that's why people don't listen to rock and roll like they used to because there's so many of those records and there's so many old people going like these are the best records and nobody will be better than these ever so kids don't want to try and kids don't want to you know the thing that's beautiful about hip-hop is that hip-hop is always changing and it's always growing in its own way because young people say fuck the old stuff and don't listen and to, to the older people and, and and they consistently move this thing in rock and roll it's not really like that it's it's kind of like you're either a punk rock band a hardcore band a goth band or you're no one's paying attention i right realize, now at least i realize that when you look up to think as you speak oh. and your hat it tilts the different direction i Does see it? that you look like the guitar player from rage against the machine Oh, Tom Morello. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of him. Actually, I, you know, I love I love Rage Against Machine, but and I like his guitar playing. I think he's such a fucking douchebag. I really don't like him, like as a person. I think he he stayed. Did you ever hear that Denny's story or whatever it was? No. He went to like a Denny's with like him and like a, a bunch of his friends. It was like late night, and they're like, um, it was something like they they couldn't seat them because there was too many people or something. And he he was like, do you know who I am? He literally said, do you know who I am to these people and they're like we can't see you so he no no it was the opposite he went to a small restaurant and did that and they couldn't see him so he went to a denny's instead and he posted it on twitter or whatever that he that this happened and people just killed him for it because it's like everything he's not it's like you know you were shitting on a small restaurant and supporting this giant corporation so i guess that's all (laughs) 
Shot and this is Wear Many Hats presented by Desire, where we talk about your main gig, then we talk about your side hustle. You can check out all the episodes of the Wear Many Hats podcast on all platforms and at wearmanyhats.com. WMH and Desire is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you. Marcos Vega is a musician. Marcos Vega Group came down from a show with favorites, Storefront Church, and friend and guest of the show, Dear Boy. Marcos has modeled for miracle seltzer willie Cheveria, learned that from friend and guest of the show jay kim we're all about making new friends from friends of friends and friends adjacent please welcome marcos vega to wear many hats hello it's a pleasure <laughs> thanks for having me no thank you for coming on you're all dressed yeah. up am I? I i this is what i wore to work i just got off work oh you just got off work yeah yeah, I work at a coffee bar. That's, no, that's great. Yeah. I used to work at a coffee bar. Yeah, where um, in New York? In New York, it? in New oh, York sweet. and Philly. Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm in the middle of LA. There's like a thousand. There's a know? thousand. My roots come from coffee, and I cool. I owe my life to coffee because it's it's so great and just meeting the people and and like your coworkers are sick. Oh yeah, I love my coworkers right now. I. I I've worked only in coffee for like the past seven, eight years. Cause it's just the easiest thing to do so easy. when you're like, you we work in the morning and then if you're a musician, you get to play at night, you know, and then it's just this cycle that keeps going and, and um, yeah, it supported me for a long time. So. Yeah. Yeah. At, at that coffee shop, is it a small coffee shop that's like yeah. a, a come and go or it's not like a, there's shops that have like a venue in the back. Oh, well, that's a funny you say that. So like, it's a it's a third wave, really, really nice Korean owned coffee shop. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. It was actually my favorite coffee shop uh, for a long time. They're pretty amazing. But so apparently they started it as an art gallery. And then the owners were like, Oh, we should, we got to make money somehow. So they started selling coffee out of it. And then they started doing like really nice drinks and stuff like that. And like, they're pretty amazing. And I'm actually playing there on Sunday, which is pretty funny. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Acoustic? It's be fun. Acoustic and my friend Lena, who's played in so many bands, she played with us at the El Rey with um, Dear Boy. She's going to play violin with me. So, wow. Yeah. Unplugged. That's where, that's what it's all about. I mean, I just played an <laughs> unplugged show too with yeah. a friend and guest of the show, Kento, Nick Sean. He, he's in my band as well, but he did synthesizers and I just played my acoustic guitar, but you know, it's always cool. a good vibe. It's always a good vibe. Yeah. Usually people respect the fact that it's just you or one other person up there and they don't act like assholes, you know, but right. when, when you play in a full band, I think it enables people to be an asshole yeah but i think i think um ever since i shaved my head i think people are scared of me so really <laughs> i think so I, I, you know when i had long hair i got picked on a little bit more and now it doesn't really happen but are you tatted up to, as well no 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 i've only got one tattoo then they can't be they, then they can't be scary it's gotta be like all tattoos <laughs> it's at yeah. this point it's gotta be like face tattoos oh and, 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 and uh shaved head I almost got a thriller tattoo on my neck when I was a, a young man. I'm glad, I'm glad did. I didn't do it. Yeah, me too. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm so happy I didn't do that. I love that record, but I'm not. Uh, yeah, I would have to walk around to explain to people why I have a Michael Jackson tattoo. Right. Yeah. Especially that's on not good. Neck. Yeah, there's no hiding it unless you have a turtleneck on. And turtleneck and bald together, <laughs> man, it's not really it's not really popping like that. Like, it don't really work too well. I actually did that on the runway, though. 
For Willie. Yeah, for Willie. That was such a dude. That was rad. Was that your first walk? Yeah, ever. Like it, they, I never thought I would do that, and they asked me. They're like, "Do you want to do this? It's in a week." Oh, yeah. I just my new thing at that time and still is is like if people if an opportunity presents itself like that to just say yes to it. Of course. You know, and not, not think about it later, you know. Think about yeah. it later. Yeah, just do it and just think about it later. And um, you didn't have to audition. They just hit you up. No, they hit me. I apparently Willie was like, "Oh, this guy looks great. Put him in there." And I was like, "Oh, fuck, you know." And they flew me out and put me up and everything. It was really 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 cool. Your time yeah. is coming with Hetty. I hope so. I know I, so. I, I really well I, I'm one degree away so very hopefully. one degree I'm I'm gassing you right now Take that gas yeah thank and you turn it into fire I don't know fuel or whatever <laughs> <laughs> I hope so that would be like a dream come true uh, to get photographed by him I I saw so many of the most recent stuff that he did and I was like man this is like classic it's still so classic that style. It's just so beautiful. All of it. He he can he can make everybody look like a total like icon. I, and it's amazing. Icon. And your careers just blow up right after that. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, you know, I need something. I need something to get it going because the coffee shop, it's like yeah, just one step below. I love being there, but you know what, man? I'm trying to I'm trying to Make money for existing. Exactly. Making coffee. Right, right. Is this coffee shop in Silver Lake, Highland Park, Hollywood? It's in Koreatown. Koreatown. It's, a, it's Town. actually That's a, right. That's a right. block away from my apartment, so I don't have to drive there. I just walk. and. K-Town's right. There. Man, it's the best. The best food. The best. And, like, the people, everybody's, like, down to just drink and not cause a problem. Like, everyone's really – and it, when it's quiet, it's quiet when it's loud and jumping it is you know and that rules you know i really love i love living here i've lived here for six years don't plan on moving so yeah that's good do you live with a roommate a partner i live with two roommates both musicians one of us aj he was my drummer for a little bit he drummed on on two of our shows and he made my record with me because we recorded it here abby is my other roommate she's a harpist which is crazy yeah and she's she makes beautiful music too like jazzy sort of out there music you know it's pretty pretty great i feel like everyone in los angeles is a musician like a touring musician best friend of a musician a hired gun totally i love the hired guns by the way those are the most talented people because they can play anything like people you just hit up like hey play on this like and that like a session person those are the best people but like, like it's friend and guests of the show austin Heyman. Oh, what an angel that is one of the nicest people i played with dear boy on stage uh, the, at the el ray and he, i believe i used his guitar which i we didn't even know each other and he was so gracious and that, that's the me and my friend wait you didn't know him but you hopped on their their bill as well they asked me that was like that was a long so i knew through email ben ben's so singer. sweet too yeah they're i i recently uh, just met ben yeah I went, to their, I went to their first show first show ever no their psychedelic furs show Oh, the Furs show. That's cool. Yeah, I saw that they were opening for them. I was like, wow, man, that's such a great opportunity, you know. And it's such a great band to open that show, you know. But Ben had heard my record through AJ, actually, my roommate. They've been friends for years, and he was really, like, stoked about it. He loved it and texted me one day. It was, like, in fucking, like, June or, like, yeah, June. No, it was in February. He goes, we're going to play at the El Rey Theater this year wondering if you wanted to do it and i said yeah and he goes okay we, we still have to figure it out if you can do it or not but i just wanted to ask and then months went by and he texted me and my car i believe my car was broken on the side of the road broken down typical and i got a text yeah you know and he texted me and he was like hey do you want to do this like for real and i said yeah and that was it and we played it was what a fucking i mean that's like a dream come true show for me you know I used to go see bands play there all the time. So to be able to like, and, and I always remember the openers, you know, from big shows like that. 
it was a big deal. Anyway, they, he asked me to play with them on stage too. So I did that. That was cool. That is cool. And along with Storefront Church, I love Storefront Church. Speaking yeah. of Storefront Church and coffee, when I was working in coffee, the last place I worked at, at Homecoming in Brooklyn, I used to play Storefront Church all the time. Yeah. Lovely music, huh? Lovely like, music. It's insane. Yeah. We were we were all like, holy shit, you know, because I didn't even hear, I didn't know who they were before because I'm so out of touch, man. Yeah. I just don't listen to anybody. And so when we we were sound checking, he had like samples going and like a violinist and uh, I believe somebody playing cello. And it, it was like this epic, it, it reminded, I mean, it's not the same, but it reminded me of Nick Cave or something like that. And there's something it. gothy about it, but romantic about it. Yeah, great, great, great band. He's, Very fucking impressed by them. He, he's also a savant, I believe. Yeah? Yeah, because he was also a touring drummer, I believe, for the band Portugal the Men. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, wow, that's so, a big band. Yeah, exactly. So he's he's been around. That's cool. Yeah, I love that. I mean especially that's kind of like father john misty almost exactly yeah he was a drummer for fleet foxes fleet foxes right. i was just talking about that last night with uh my friend erica we were talking about it we we're like father john misty was in fleet foxes and now he does what he does it's almost like he was holding back all these great records you know he was making records before that but the new ones are fucking amazing and he's pretty special but the same with storefront church I got Korean food yesterday at this restaurant that I've been wanting to try out in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, yeah. with with a friend, and all they were playing was Father John Misty Radio, I believe. Oh, and it had cool. so many good tracks on there mm -hmm. that I forgot a long time ago. That and song um... I forgot Father John Misty is still like dominating. Yeah, he just did a record that was like, like uh, my favorite thing that artists do, uh, like when when you love a record by an artist, you know, I mean, I'm going to bring up the Beatles because you can't, I guess you can't interview me or talk to me without me talking about the Beatles at least five times. I mean, there's um, people that hate the Beatles. <laughs> I know, and those people are stupid, but I, are I, they? I'm just kidding. I agree. No, I, I don't I'm not, I don't, I don't think that the Beatles are terrible. <laughs> I just like, I, I can understand I mean, you could it, it, on paper they're the greatest band of all time, just on paper. And then the way you, when you listen to them, it's just like how how can you hate this? I don't know. I I think people who hate them don't really know what they're about. And I, I think people I, opinion fine. People always say it's my opinion, but some opinions are just like kind of you're just trying to be. Different. But that's musicians, though. Yeah, but musicians hate musicians, them. No, I just think that's how musicians articulate because like they don't. They have, when they hear opinions, they still want their opinion to be the right one. That's word. true. Yeah, that's so true. That, I'm doing that right now. You're doing that right um, now. But <laughs> I it, I mean, it came to light when I, for some odd reason, listened to James Blake on a podcast, oh, yeah. which he never does podcasts. And know. he was bringing up musicians articulating at, like mm -hmm. in conversation. And it just made so much more sense to me because every time I, I mean, I'm a musician myself, but I don't put my, myself as a musician first. That is like, I'm a musician the very last. It's the last thing. Totally. And everything else is above. And that's why obviously I can do this podcast. Right. Talk to other people. But yeah. if I was a musician and had all these different people on, there's no way I could talk to any of these people because I would be yeah. that guy being like, no, you're wrong. Totally. Where I know I'm, what you mean. I'm wrong 110% of the time. <laughs> right. I mean, my opinions about music are all I care about, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I would. So, you know, the Beatles conversation, like, I don't like to talk to people about them unless they agree. Like, I just don't. Yeah, don't do it at a coffee shop. No, 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 no. The same with the Beach Boys. There's nothing for us to talk about. They're amazing. We're just going to leave it at that. You know, it's like, I just that's grounds yeah. for no tipping. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, if but, you start bringing unsolicited uh, opinions <laughs> on the Beatles and Beach Boys. Yeah, and if someone's like, hey, can I get an Americano? I'm like, you know, the Beatles are the best band of all time. They're That's just like, like what? <laughs> yeah. We're going to have I, no... Oh, man. I but I, I, I didn't grow up around any of that music either I, right. I think that's why I have that opinion too because I did my parents did not listen to any rock music I mean a couple bands but they weren't listening there was no Beatles around the house and there right. was no Beach Boys none of it it was Ice Cube and Dr. Dre and they're, they're you know, still West Coast hip-hop. I mean they're amazing yeah and but Beatles none of that Beach Boys none of that so when I got to high school everybody was talking about the Beatles everybody loved the Beatles and they all grew up around it and I was one of those people that was like, fuck that band. Who gives a fuck? Because I didn't grow up around it. And then someone was like, just listen to Abbey Road and shut the fuck up. You know, just listen to it. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to listen to that fucking record. And I did. And I was like, oh, my God. It's amazing. Beautiful. You know. But before the Beatles, you also brought up Nick Cave, who I love and who Oof. I cite as when people always ask me, oh, what kind of music do you play? I always mm. say Nick Cave and Leonard Cohen. And obviously the general awesome. public just doesn't have a song in their heads, obviously, to compare, yeah. which is completely fine. And I love that also like the third that I don't mention is Tom Waits. Oh, man, I love Tom. We covered I know, Tom. I know. And you like Tom Waits. You cover Tom yeah. Waits. It's mm-hmm. That's great. That's great to hear. I, I'm Tom Waits is so. Do you smoke? Yeah, but not all the time. Just okay. once in a while. Oh, okay. Because to get that that voice, <laughs> I want that voice. I, you know, same. It, it, there's that singer, um, Mark Lanigan, who's a lot like Tom Waits in, in the mm-hmm. way he sounds. You ever, you ever heard of that guy? Mm-hmm. He, he's in Queens of the Stone Age and all that. He he has that gruff. Uh, it almost sounds like a dog is singing or something. It's it's really really nasty. I, I I love it so much. Tom Waits is the best at it. I mean, he pretty much invented that. Him or like Captain Beefheart or something. But Tom Waits, that record, uh, Bone Machine, the one with uh, Going Out West, is I love it so much. And I was in high school when I heard that, um, and I was obsessed with it. I was like, I bought it on CD at Amoeba. And I was like, whoa, man, like this is so different than everything. I, but Nick Cave and Tom Waits and Leonard Cohen, like I think what binds all those people together is this love of like this love of words. Right. You know, and they I because I, I, you can picture all those people and same with Bob Dylan uh, sitting at a desk or wherever writing the lyrics before they ever write the song. And then they build this world around what they're saying, you know, which I can't do that. I, I physically, I've tried. I can't do it. They're amazing at that. And Tom Waits is like, no one sounds like that. It's it, like the, the, the trash can drum thing, the, the broken guitar, whenever he plays guitar, it sounds horrible unless, you know, it's, and it's, and there's clanking and the, he literally used, I believe he used like some type of metal machinery on a couple songs and he has like a jazz thing going on. <laughs> like he's so crazy, man. When you found his um, CD at Amoeba, fast mm-hmm. forward to obviously years later and you releasing a record, a t- Astonishment of Heart. Yeah. And you go to Amoeba and you see your record there. How did it's you feel? Weird, huh? I mean, I mean, so when I, when it was getting pressed up and that was the idea, like when that was happening, it was like the biggest deal to me in the world because vinyl is such a, is it's like, for me, I don't know why, but maybe other people feel this way where it's like, okay, now it's a real album. You know, this is an album. Mm-hmm. This exists, you know, because they can fucking delete Spotify tomorrow and they can delete Apple music tomorrow and stuff might as well not exist. But oh, this- I say that with literally every app. Yeah. Uh, according to man right now so like say that you're existing on a newsletter Mm -hmm. and your whole fame and your work is all tied up in a newsletter like substack for instance say substack gets bought out like elon or whatever and turns into mush you're done right i mean that's the weird thing about 
non-physical, you know, uh, mediums. It's like, if it's, if it's not in your hands, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist, but it, it means that it's, it, it can be taken from you, you know? And so when we did the record dark. and it came out, I know very dark. Um, when we did the record that came out and I had it, I was, I cried a little cause I used to like, you know, I used to collect records in high school and it meant everything to me. I, first record I heard on vinyl was uh, velvet underground, white light, white heat. Mm-hmm. And it, I had headphones on and I was sitting by the turntable listening to, I was 15, 16 years. I think I was 16 years old. And it changed my whole perception of what music is. And because I'm watching the record move and I'm watching the needle scraping along and it's carrying notes and music and all that's crazy. So to have my record like that, I was like, wow, I, it was, it was amazing. I mean, it's still, I have a few right in front of me. It's pretty amazing stuff. I I can't believe uh, that even happened. You know, it was a huge deal. And then seeing it in stores and stuff like that and having it to sell at shows and, you know, half the time I don't even sell them and just give them away because I just want people to have it, you know? I feel like yeah. everyone does that. And same with merch as well. I know that yeah. touring is like a different story. Yeah. Obviously, because you need to like pay for gas. The touring musician yeah. is like a totally different thing. And yeah, yeah, you want to sell, you have to sell by your means. But like this love of yours, it's not like you really want to sell. You don't want this like trade-off you kind of want people like your fans that came out to see you to actually have it so with like the podcast with the show we just made these awesome tote bags and beanies and sure they're up for sale on the the band's like band camp and Honestly, if I sell them, that's great. But like for those who like listen to the show, you're taking the time to like listen to the show. Yeah. So it's like you deserve, you deserve this. Thank you so much. You know? And like, I like that's how I like want people. I like to do that type of trade. I just like how money has to be behind everything. Especially now. Especially now. Exactly. Exactly. But you create all these things, not for the money, it's for the love of it. So yeah, yeah, that's why you would give out those, your new record. Absolutely. And like, you know, I, I just, the other thing is like, I was talking to a friend of mine about it. Cause he's in a touring band and they make a lot of money on tour. And I was like, that must feel really good. You know, a lot of bands. What band don't. is that? Um, Patriarchy. It's yeah. actually AJ's band. They're fucking amazing. They're, that's a whole other thing. I mean, they're, they go on tour and come back with money and it's weird because most bands don't most bands go on tour and if they break even that's a success but these, these guys could pay like they actually have money when they come back and it's pretty cool and he was saying it's because we should be we, we deserve to be paid for what we do and that's a whole other thing i mean but that's a whole art. nother ballpark though yeah it's that's like the He's whole like, that's that's like the whole switch up yeah and like but but you know you have to look at it from that point of view too where it's like a lot of bands play shows and they don't get any money you know they don't get any money for it they get beer tickets or whatever the fuck and like right like i can't afford to buy my own beer you pay me to play you know there's very special circumstances in which i don't like care about paying no the whole thing is a catch-22 for sure i i understand aj's method i i agree with aj's sentiment for sure totally um but the the other side of it is what you're saying where but the other side the other side is just what i've been doing for so long totally man and and like i never really think of like sure we make money it's fine that's not a big deal with other projects that we do from like the big companies the big brands that come in yeah that nobody hears about that i talk about that's not on the record but you can find it anywhere online. Yeah. But I won't talk about yeah. it like openly and freely. Mm-hmm. But for something creativity, like creativity for my creative outlets, for the money, man, like I must have to be at like some other level. Like yeah, the podcast yeah, yeah. whatever probably got 
get picked up, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, Rashad's making like that money, money or something. Like <laughs> right. That. Yeah. You got paper now. Yeah. You got like paper, paper, or like the band's like signed to like, you when you know that the band is signed to like anti, right? Mm, great label. Yeah. Great label. Like if you were signed to anti, I'd be like, Marcus is. Because are, are you on the label? I'm a, a made of stone, which is a brand. That's a whole other story. They started the label because they heard the record. That's amazing. Yeah, that's great. That's like, that was nuts. But, but yeah, it's not about like both of for the thing. The reason why I signed to it, too, was because I wanted my record out. But also they weren't doing it for money at all. That was part of the agreement. It's like, we're not going to make money off this. And they're like, yeah, probably not. I'm like, OK, it was about it was about the same reasons, you know, like I didn't make this record to make money. And right. I'm not selling the record to make money. I'm selling it because I have to, It's you know, but La- also, labels are interesting, though. Oh, yeah. You don't like, even need re- them. Anymore. Rec- like, re- yeah, exactly. Like record labels are just are really, really funny. Uh, there was a guy that got signed. Um, I don't want to say who it was, but a few years ago, I think about him all. He lives rent free in my head, I think, because he's like the everything <laughs> I fucking hate. But uh, this guy, he he signed to Interscope, and I'm like, wow, he got a three million dollar advance or or three million dollar contract. I'm sorry, which is not much money for a Interscope fucking contract. And he bought a house in Calabasas for his family, which I'm like, that's nice. You're not going to have that house for much longer because it's three million dollars. Why'd you do that? Why did you do that? And it was like uh, stories like that all the time. Out. Yeah, that's because, like the like, MC Hammer story. It's like everyone should know this. He fucking blew all of his money, and like that's why I, I saw that thing about Kendrick Lamar when he did to Pimp a Butterfly, and you know he's the biggest rapper in the world, and he at the time, uh, and he bought a house in Riverside, you know. That's like a, that's nothing. That's a, it's like amazing that he even thought to do that. It's it's smart, you know, but when you give people like me money, you know, I'm probably gonna do something stupid with it. You know, and mm. I saw it. I saw that happen. I was like, well, I'm not going to do that if I ever get uh, a deal, which I won't. Probably that's a great point. I'm glad that yeah. you brought that up because you found yourself knowing that because I know people like that, you know, when they get the mm-hmm. advance, they blow it. No one, no one, no one that I know like saves it. I come from a household where I was just taught to save when I was like a child. Oh, you're lucky. That I was not. It was in, see, that's the thing. It was like ingrained in my head to save as a kid. Yeah. And I've always kept saving, but like I I like nice things. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Everyone knows I love about it. me. I, I love nice stuff. I, I, I mean, I buy, I buy dumb stuff all the time. I don't. That's the thing. I don't buy dumb stuff. That's that's yeah. the funny part. But like, I I love those stories when like musicians get that get that bag, that contract, yeah. and then just like blow it up on like, you know, cars. Shaq didn't he? Didn't he famously Shaq famously <laughs> spent a million dollars in one day. As soon as he got his. Uh, his uh, check from the NBA, he spent a million dollars in a day. And people still ask him, how did, how did you even do that? And he was like, I was young and doing that's how Shaq talks. And then <laughs> it's like, true. It's like, you, you know, getting, what would you spend it money? on? If, if I got, I mean, how much are we talking? All right. We'll go with uh, a million. Then we'll end at 3 million. Honestly, like I'm about to be 30 in a few months. I'm, I would, I would, I would put away a lot of it and give like, a hundred grand to my parents, you know. See, and that's I'm sorry, the mature. <laughs> that's the mature thing, though. Yeah, I'd give them a hundred grand. They'll be happy. They'll be more than happy with that. And then, you know, then just hang on to it. And I probably I've thought about that before. I'm like, I would still work at the cop, you know, and I would still record the way I do. And you know, I'd buy, I'd probably buy another car, and that's it. You know, uh, I don't. I really don't think because I none of that stuff really matters to me. Like it really doesn't. People say that all the time. Oh, money isn't the point. It's not, especially when you're doing something like I do music, like at this small level. Do you it's think, not. Do you think that there's someone or like a coworker of yours right now that is secretly hiding like a <laughs> <laughs> secretly what? Hi- hiding like mad bread behind your, 
behind it. I like, wonder, man. After you said that, you were like, yeah, because <sighs> you have a million dollars, but you still work at the coffee shop. That's bold. Well, I knew a girl. Um, I knew a girl at the last coffee shop I was at. She was, she had three jobs right. and she had, and she went, I'm like, why do you have three fucking jobs? Like, what's the, you know, do you have money spending issues? And she showed me her bank account and she had 30 grand in it. And I, I was 24 and she was like 26 and it blew my mind that she had that much money in there. And I was like, why are you working here? You know, but I understand that now I get it. You That's know? funny that you said 30 grand. Cause yeah. at the, at the, at the Korean restaurant, we were at that played father John Misty. It was cash only. And so I went to go get cash out at the ATM and you know, when the ATM slips, they come out. And yeah. like they they don't obviously don't say the, whose names it is, but they still have the the balance on the receipt. Right. Yeah. And there was th- someone had thirty grand in there. It's fucking awesome. Wait, so thirty grand's hey, like a lot. Of, thirty grand's a lot of money. I mean, to to just have in the tuck like right now for me, I remember I was sitting on a couch with my friend Theo like years ago, and he said to me, he said, "Do you know how much five grand would change my life right now?" No way. And I, I always thought, I think about that all the time because it's like, yeah, I, I think I do. I think if somebody gave me five grand right now, I'd be like, wow, I'm, I can do a lot with this. You know, I think, and that goes into, and, and the, the, here's the segue back, you know, that goes into music and, and art and all of that stuff. The less you have, I think the more you can do. And I think the more you have, the more limited you are. I think, putting limitations on yourself is really important. You know, if I had a big old fucking studio kind of, you know, there's a, have you ever seen that movie walk hard, the Dewey Cox story? You ever seen a great movie? <laughs> I believe so in passing, but I don't, I know the movie, but I definitely don't think I, Oh, it's, it's, isn't it like a, like a, not a Will Ferrell movie. It's like a, it's a, it's a, what's his name? Um, but it's a funny movie. John C. Riley. Yeah, John, John C. Riley. And he there's a scene where he has the, his Brian Wilson moment where he's he's like, we need more didgeridoos. And like he's got all this money now. And he's trying to make this great grand record. And he's like, we need a million didgeridoos. And we need uh, cellos. We need – and it's like he's not – you know, the whole point is that he's lost himself. You know, And it, there's a lot of truth to that. I think that the more you have – you know, you can lose the the reason you did something. You know, if if I think if somebody gave me a million dollars because I was making music, and they're like, we want you to make the best record you could make. I would record it the same way I did Astonishment Heart. And I'll do, I, I do think it, it would be, I think you would change up. I think it'd be so different because maybe I think about this a lot too. Holy shit. Well, that if you had no money. Yeah the drive for you to be more creative is there and you have all these other ideas. Like I was actually just thinking about this because I like to do stand-up comedy for fun. Oh, cool. And I like to write a lot of jokes, but I was just trying to figure out why I haven't gotten back to that point where like I miss stand-up, miss writing so much. And it's because I'm not at that low point anymore that I was Mm -hmm. before to do that like i was in that whole space that i was like i need money um my life sucks Uh, (laughs) and like what i need something to like cheer myself up so what is gonna what is it gonna be and it's stand-up comedy because i love doing that and i took so many classes i wrote so many jokes and today i was just like reading my past jokes that I wrote and I was like, God, this is really good. And I'm yeah. like, trying to memorize them again to like do some of the mm-hmm. mics, but I was trying to understand why, why did I fall off? This was like several years, not that long ago. It was like 2018, 2019. And I was just yeah. trying to understand why I just stopped. And I was like, yeah. Oh, cause life got better. Yeah. 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 And I when get life that. Got, when life got better and things were coming in, I was like, I abandoned stand-up comedy and I was Mm. like, no, I don't, I don't want that to be. And so now like I'm trying to go back, not, not to that time where it was hard for me, but I'm trying to go back to like finding that feeling of like wanting to do it, 
but not for the wrong reasons. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a great journey to be on. That's like a really, really poetic journey because it's, I'll I'll relate in a similar way with Astonishment of Heart. A lot of those songs are written when I was living with my parents and I wasn't the happiest guy in the world. And a couple of them were written when I was pretty damn happy. And, and the way it sounds is because I was so happy. I remember in, when we were making the record, I was so progressed past the point of those songs. I was already thinking of the next record because I didn't relate to a lot of them anymore. And, and I was in a much better place now. So it was like, that's why the record sounds the way it does. We were more productive because I was in a happier spot. You know, when I wasn't feeling the best, I didn't want to record or anything like that. Now, you know, it, uh, now I'm in a much healthier space, but it's harder to write or it's harder to be, remain focused because I think there's like a drive related to not feeling the best, you know, not being in a, not being in a bad way, but not being in the best place. You kind of cling on to whatever matters, you know, to what really counts. And for me in those times, it was always writing songs about what I was feeling or thinking, even if it made sense to nobody else, you know, and I think you hone in on something when you limit yourself. You know, but I did get better as a songwriter at the same time. Like I understand chords and I understand how to make something sound a certain way and how to make something not sound a certain way, how to dial something back, you know. Speaking of songwriting, you're like teaching songwriting classes. Oh, no, I, I, I'm not. I would love to. Well, you did like that one class. Oh, the, the, the wow. I forgot about that. The, the, the Chicago University of Chicago thing. That's like that's a that's a big deal, even though it's one time. That was cool, man. They were just asking me, we were just talking about songwriting. We were talking about rock music. And I was I was kind of telling people that the, the way to get to a certain place is, is to look for the things that are uncommon. A lot of songs, there's like a video, it's an old video, but there's a lot. there was this video where it showed that a lot of the big hit songs have the same chords in them. Right. And, and I was like, that's so interesting because... Like when I'm writing my songs, I'm always trying to find something that people haven't, aren't doing or they've done before. You know, nothing's nothing's original anymore, really. I mean, you'd have to really go out of the box and I don't want to. I want to make something that speaks to me. And this is what does being kind of weird about what your phrases are and, and, and finding little cheat codes and the chords and stuff like that. And, and that's what we talked about. It was pretty cool. What do you like writing more? Happy songs or sad songs? Just last night, I, I was thinking about this because the new record I'm doing, it's very uh, melancholic, very sad record. And I was like, I don't want to write a fucking sad record. It feels like sad songs are so easy to do. They're yeah, so easy they really to do, are. but they're so good. You they're just great, need a great chorus. You know? Yeah, you do. But, but the, the, the challenge for me was write something that feels up thing. And so I put that song out, uh, Time, which I, I was like, the lyrics are real sad if you pay attention to what's being said, but the the, the chords are very, uh, it's very power pop, you know, it's mm -hmm. like a pop song. And I, I was trying to challenge myself with that, you know, I thought that was like a good challenge and it, that's my favorite song I've ever done, you know, that's like stuff like that, you know. So last night I, 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 I keep voice memos on my phone of songs, you know, just because I will forget them. And so I stumbled upon one that was similar in the energy of it but the lyrics were kind of um kind of a bummer i guess but i was like oh this is an interesting song you know because sad songs are great they are but i feel like everybody writes sad songs all the time and i, I also like angry songs like i grew up with punk rock changing my life you know mm -hmm. but like i don't want to write that either so happy melancholic power pop is the is the direction because you don't really see that too much anymore. No. You don't see it at all. I mean, Big Star is, people, everybody loves Big Star. Great band. But nobody writes like Big Star. Why not? Why don't we try to go the same direction without copying them, you know? But one of my favorite artists ever, my favorite is Bob Dylan. But the second favorite is PJ Harvey. And she was able to make the most subversive, weird, weirdest sad songs you've ever heard in your life. But she's like a fucking shooting star, you know? You're not going to... No one can reach that. No one can ever do that. No, so No one can reach PJ Harvey level. Wow. She's fucking special, man. Big star. Go big or go home. 
Yeah. Yeah. Stars everywhere. You're basically by the walk. Yeah, man. Same. <laughs> hats off to you and everything that you do for some just are wearing many hat solutions. I have a band called Smog Cutter. We should hop on a show sometime. Come to New we York. We should do it. I plan on doing that. I, I really would love to. That'd be fucking cool, man. Yeah. I'll bring all eight of us. All eight. So, you know, like, I, I was wondering about that. So, yeah, the Marcos Vega group. Yeah. It's like a business. It's like a business. I, you know, the reason for that was because I'm like, okay, these are my songs and I wanted to go by a solo name, but this is a band. Mm-hmm. You know, we play as a band. We we jam as a band and we and the songs sound so different live. You know, call it Marcos Vaca Band or Marcos Vaca Group. The new name, you know, we're changing it really soon. It's Marcos Vaca's Magnolia Band because the name of the record is Magnolia and it's a different band. It's like, we're going to have like a pedal steel player Mm. Like like country bands, and we're gonna have a violinist. Our friend Lena. Hopefully, she can do some more. She's very busy, but I like big bands. You know, I love a big fucking band. I wanted to call it that because it feels like a eventful. You know, so yeah. Bands are funny. Band names are really funny. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's some <laughs> there's some weird ones out there. Um, I, I just like I, I have this conversation all the time, and I think in regards to band names or it could be brand names too yeah. but uh band names you know musicians it's it's very interesting you know even when you're going solo you still want it somehow associated with your name yeah i don't want to confuse people you know you don't want to confuse people but you know there's a there's going to be a lot of confusion in what way what do you think no not for you just like in general it's just I tell everyone I'm really bad at names. I'm bad mm. at remembering names. And yeah. to keep up with a name, but also like your history. Oh, no, I don't worry about that. I think because like I, I have faith. I, I like that because I, I have faith that somebody is like, okay, there's a guy named Daron. Um, I met him um, at the El Rey show. My okay. violinist, Lena. Yeah. And, but it was weird because we had just started, but she goes, I need. Uh, she goes are you gonna smoke outside um we had just finished playing and i said yeah and she's like come with me i need you to meet this big fan of yours and because i know him and he really wants to meet you and i'm like whoa and i met him and he told me he had been listening records since 2017 when i was posting stuff on soundcloud he's a big fan and it was so humbling and but it was exactly what i wanted where it's like somebody's following this if if I know I used to follow the smallest bands around LA or even New York. Just follow these bands, they're what they are doing, and I, I'm just such a nerd about stuff that I I follow it. Some there's other people that do it, so somebody will know, you know. Oh, this guy wasn't in the band last time, and there's a new guy, and you know he's got his own band, and you know it just trails off. And how I think, you know, so I have faith that somebody else is thinking that too. And you're gonna have like a ton of mega fans that's the like dear boy speaking of them like dear boy they're the their fan base is so diehard that it was scary to open for them but ben was saying oh if if they love us they'll love you for sure because if we picked you to play they'll like you and i'm like that's that's such a wonderful place to be in where you have fans that love you so much that they Whatever you say, you know, there's so much power, but it's also so beautiful to have that go on. And I I want that, you know, I want power. Do you understand? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but, you know, I do have faith that somebody's watching. Somebody can follow it. So. That's good. That's good. Yeah, man. If, if you were to get a chest tattoo quote, what would it be? Whoa, fucking hell. Um. A chest tattoo quote. That's a good quote. What's a good one? Um, damn. Um, there's so many quotes. I feel like I can't even pick one. No, it doesn't have to be a quote. It can also be a word. A word? Oh, no, that's worse. That's worse than a, <laughs> a quote. A chest tattoo quote, it, it, I, I guess um, it would probably... He told me this. This is somebody years ago. Somebody said um, that 
your art is an extension of yourself. And I never forgot that because I watch That's cooking shows one. all the time, yeah. you know, and that, that chef Marco Pierre white, you ever heard of that guy? I don't he watch like, cooking shows all the time. So not like I'm not, yeah. Not like you. <laughs> but he, he trained Gordon Ramsay, that guy. And I he's, yeah. And he trained him and he, he said that he, him cooking for people is, 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 if they don't like it, it's an insult to him because he puts his whole spirit and heart and soul into what he's doing. So he knows that it's good. And I thought that was amazing. I'm like, that's probably the most stubborn thing I've ever heard, but I think it's cool. That's cool. You know, I feel the same way about music, you know, and like painting and all of that stuff. You know, it's an extension of what you are. And it should be. If it's not, then that's a shame. You know, that is a shame. Me. Yeah. Plug your socials. Where can people find you? Oh, uh, uh, on Instagram, I talk very loudly on it. Um, uh, Marcos Vaca underscore. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> you can find him on Spotify. Yeah, under Marcos Vaca. Unfortunately, when you type in Marcos Vaca, somebody else comes up, I think. But if you type in Marcos Vaca, Astonishment of Heart, my record will come up. Oh, there's another yeah. Marcos. Yeah, there's plenty of them. There's a guy on Facebook. Uh, he looks like. He looks a lot like me too. It's pretty weird. His name is Marcos Vaca. I gotta go find him. <laughs> we, talk. we look a lot alike. Thank you, Marcos, for coming on Wear Many Hats. It was great to have you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it a lot. Till next time, this is Wear Many Hats presented by Dasar and I'm Rashad. Peace. Thank you.